Well, thank you uh, so much for the privilege of, of being able to be here and to, uh, to share with you today. And uh, thank you to whoever uh, chose the songs for this morning. Um, it's awesome how God works, how He brings those things together. Uh, not knowing anyone here what the message would be about this morning and uh, the singing of those songs, I think, is, is going to tie right in, especially the one cornerstone, all right, which that song is based off of another song, right? There is an old hymn that is entitled, On Christ the Solid Rock I Stand. So every time I hear cornerstone, that song comes to mind and then cornerstone ruins the melody for me because I can never quite get it back in the way that the old hymn goes. But that's going to be the basis of our message here this morning. I went for a long time with a Jeep Wrangler that I owned that the radio was broken, and so the Jeep became a place of prayer and singing. So I would pray as I was driving to work or wherever I might be going, and I would find myself just singing whatever came to mind, sometimes a secular song, sometimes it was a, a worship song. And, and now that I have a different Jeep and I still have a, a radio now that does work, Occasionally when I, I'm driving, I listen to it, but occasionally I go back to the old habit and I turn it off and I just spend that time. And recently I had been singing over and over again that song, On Christ the Solid Rock I Stand. No other, or excuse me, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. And as I continued for days at a time, just singing that in the, the car, the Lord began to hit me with, listen to those words. Think about those words. Think about the scriptural truth that is in that song. And so I began to jot down a verse here or there, a note here or there, and began to think, this, this, this would be something to teach on or, or preach on. Shortly after that, my phone rings. I didn't get it, um, but the message then told me, hey, it's Jeff Baker. We're wondering if you might be interested in speaking at the church. Okay, Lord, here's the message. So that was back in late November, December, and here we are today. So as I thought about that song, I thought, I wonder where the inspiration came for On Christ the Solid Rock I Stand. Because if you have any knowledge of certain hymns, you'll find that some of them came out of tremendous, tremendous tragedy. The song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, was written in the 1840s by Joseph Scriven. And he wrote it after the second of two young women that he was to marry died, one of an accident and one of an illness. Both of those deaths within days of getting married. And yet he could find the inspiration to write those words, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. I'm sure you've heard the story of it as well with my soul written in the 1870s by Horatio Spafford. He had lost his business in the great Chicago fire, and two years later, four daughters died at sea when a ship that they and their mother on was struck by another vessel. The wife, the only one to survive. Reading the story, I couldn't imagine in this day and age when news travels like that, it took nine days for a telegram to get back to Horatio. to tell him what happened. And yet from those tragedies comes an incredible song, It Is Well With My Soul. 
So I thought, okay, what happened to the author of On Christ the Solid Rock I Stand? Where did this come from? And I find out it didn't come out of tragedy. It was written in the early 1800s by Edward Mote, M-O-T-E. His childhood was one where he had been pretty much left to his own devices, playing in the streets with his friends. And then at the age of 18, he was introduced to the gospel of Jesus. He was saved and he was baptized and began to go to church and to learn and to grow in his faith. He became a pastor in his 50s and pastored for 26 years into his late 70s. But for 37 years, he worked as a cabinet maker in London. And it was one day while walking to work, he began to think, I should write a hymn. <laughs> Ever had that thought? I have. Not necessarily a hymn, but I've written down a few lyrics to what have so far not been smash hit songs in any way. Um, I just haven't found the right person, I guess, to record them. But um, this would be the only song that he would write that we would recognize or know of. In his own words, he said, as he was walking to work that day, the chorus came to his head, On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. And while he worked on those cabinets through the day, the lyrics continued to come, and by the end of the day, four stanzas were written. The following Sunday, he says, while visiting the home of a minister and a family friend whose wife was near death, he sang that song to her. She seemed to really enjoy it. He was so pleased that she found comfort in his words that he had a thousand copies printed and then began to distribute those among friends. So the song was not written out of tragedy, but rather it seems this song was written out of great joy with gratitude and thanksgiving to God for what He had done in Mote's life. For 18 years, he knew life where he says, so ignorant was I that I did not even know there was a God. And then at 18, God gets a hold of his heart, changes his outlook on life, and allows him to pen these words. The song originally had the title, The Immutable Basis for a Sinner's Hope. I'm glad they changed it. It's much easier to remember on Christ the solid rock I stand. We sang a part of it. Let me read it to you again. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. As I thought about those lyrics and began to break that down and jump into the Scripture and see, Lord, what is that great message that is here? It's four points today. Point number one, where does he start? Hope. He says, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. He had spent 18 years in whatever he was up to, realizing that it was a hopeless world around him. And in that hopeless world, he found Jesus Christ. 
See, people try to find hope in many ways still today, right? People try drugs, alcohol, relationships, sex, money, education, sports. The list can go on and on. Where people try to find something they can hope in. But it doesn't satisfy. Those things only tend to be a distraction from what ultimately remains, and that's that sense of hopelessness. True hope only comes from God. So what is this hope? The world's definition of hope is really nothing more than wishing, if you will. Think of it this way. I hope I win the lottery. Now what are my chances of winning the lottery? Not very good. Although I hear someone just won recently here in the area. But not very good. Someone may think of, of hope in the idea that I, I hope my team wins the big game. Sorry Ravens fans. Didn't see that coming last night. Maybe there's the idea of, you know, I, I, I hope this auto repair is not going to be too costly. You hear that word hope, and at the end there's no certainty. I hope something happens, but you know what? Chances are it's probably not. Or it maybe, or maybe won't. That's not hope in the Scriptures. That's not hope that we read of in the Bible. Hope in the Bible can be defined as this. The confident expectation of what God has promised based on His faithfulness. Let me say it again. The confident expectation of what God has promised based on His faithfulness. We're going to be all over the place today. If you can't see, the top of my Bible has all kinds of little pieces of paper that will hopefully help direct me more quickly. You can try to follow along if you would like, otherwise I'll, I'll read it to you. But I want to start in Hebrews chapter 10 and, and verse 23 and just quickly look at this verse that tells us, let us hold unswervingly, I'm reading in the NIV, so it might be a little bit different depending on the version that you may have. So one more time, Hebrews 10.23, it says, Let us hold unswervingly, straight ahead, not getting distracted, not going one way or the other. I am dead right here. Boom, I'm going. Unswervingly. Let us hold to the what? Hope we profess. Why? For He who promised is faithful. What is the hope that we profess? The hope that is ours in Jesus Christ. The hope not only in this hopeless world, but the hope for eternity ahead. And it's not a wishing hope. It is a confident expectation because God has made promises and God will not break His promises. He is, as it says here, faithful. So my hope in Christ is not a wishy-washy, wonder if it's going to happen, hope. It's a, I confidently expect and wait for when God does what He has promised He will do. How can I hold that promise? Because He is faithful. 
There's a saying that says that hope is only as strong as that which is hoped in. God is God. The Creator, the Sustainer of all things. He is the one whom my hope and faith is in. I can trust in Him for He is faithful. I'm going to go to 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3 where He brings comfort to us. He says, In His great mercy, God's great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope. Where does that hope come from? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. How is it that I can trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? Because of His resurrection. In Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31, it tells me, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. As I hope in the Lord, even in this hopeless life that we live in, this hopeless world that seeks to tear us down in so many ways, that brings, as we heard in the song, so many trials and sufferings that come our way. How do we get through those? Through our hope in Jesus Christ. Because He is the one that will work through those things to draw us to Himself. And as He does, He will be the one to renew our strength. He will be the one to lift us up. So, how do we get this hope? My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. From hope, we see redemption. Redemption. Now, that's a big word, a biblical word. We don't use it too much in our English language today. So what does it mean? Redemption or to be redeemed. It's very simple. It means to buy back or to clear a debt. To buy back or to clear a debt. See, in the times of the Old Testament and right into the Roman world that Jesus lived in and in which the New Testament Scriptures were written, this would have been a well-understood concept for whether it was slavery that came from being conquered by another nation or being a slave because of debt in one's life. That debt could be to the government. It could be to an individual. Those people would go into that debtor's prison, that situation where they had to work off that debt. But in most cases, they were never going to work off that debt. They needed a redeemer. They needed for someone to come and to pay the debt in order for that person to gain their freedom. That's exactly what Jesus did for us. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. It reads, God made Him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. Have you heard the song before of we had a debt we could not pay. He paid a debt He did not owe. 
Are you familiar with that song, that chorus, and those lines? That's exactly what this is talking about here. Jesus knew no sin. He was perfect, the Son of God in the flesh. And yet He took upon Himself our sin, the debt that we owed, so that in His death and burial and resurrection, we might become the righteousness of God. What's the lyric in the song? My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. See, the Scriptures tell us that our righteousness as human beings is like filthy rags. And if you read that in its context, it's filthy. (laughs) It's nasty. It's yucky. See, we think, man, I'd just be good enough. I'll just do right stuff. How many times have you done the right thing for the wrong reason? Anybody here? (laughs) I know I have. It may look good on the outside. Man, look at that Miller. Man, he's helping little old ladies across the street. Yeah, but it's just because I was grumpy. They were in the doggone way. So guess what? So goes for my good deed because my heart was not in the right place. See, our righteousness is just filthy rags. But Jesus took it upon Himself. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 22 It tells us there that the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood and without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness. Jesus had to shed His blood to pay that penalty for sin. The Scriptures talk about it that He died in our place. We rightfully deserve that for the sin that we commit. The sin in our lives and yet He died for us. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 20. This is the part that hit me, I think, the most as I began to re-sing that song and hear the Lord speaking. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul is warning the believers in Corinth about sin within the church, and in particular, sexual sin. And so he gets to this point in verse 19 where he says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? When you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you are indwelt with God's Holy Spirit, the Scriptures say. So he's reminding them, don't you know? God's Spirit lives within you. And then he comes with verse 20, or the end of 19 into 20. He says, You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. You were bought with a price. Listen to the lyric again in that song. My hope is built on what? Nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Do you you hear that? Does it hit you at all? Nothing less. How valuable are you to God? He died for you. That's how much He loves each and every one of us. He wants a relationship with us to a point that He was willing to come and to die for us. My wife and I had the opportunity to share with a young man a few months back now, I guess it's been, tell him about the Gospel message of Jesus. As we stood on his... Well, I stood on the front porch and Dale was down on the sidewalk he said, sir, I was, I was brought up in a Christian home. 
He said he had actually gone through some rough times and spent some time in jail even. And so I was introduced to Islam, some other stuff. How do I know what you're telling me is right? Or whether they're right? All right, Lord, what do I say? What's my answer? It's very simple. How do I know which one is right? Notice that all other religions in the world have the same basic premise. We, as human beings, need to do something to get to God. Okay? We got to do something. Be good. Have our good outbad our way. Have our good outweigh our bad. I always get that wrong. Have our good outweigh our bad. I knew that didn't come out right. We've got to find some way to get to God. And then some religions say, well, look, if you didn't do it the first time, you can come back and try again. No. Scriptures say it is appointed unto man once to die. One time. We're not coming back over and over again. All of those other world religions tell us we have to do something to get to God. And then Christianity. What does Christianity tell us? As we read the Scriptures, God says, you can't get to Me. Because your sin is in the way. It's created a barrier. It's created a gulf. Okay, God, what do I have to do? Well, you can't do anything. Okay, I'm back to my hopelessness that we talked about at the beginning. No, you're not. Because God became man. Emmanuel, God with us. We just celebrated it during the Christmas season. God came and took that penalty for us. He paid that price that we could be redeemed. All right. So if our hope comes through redemption, how does our redemption come? We've kind of already talked about it, but we'll go into a little deeper detail. The third point, not only hope, not only redemption, but I'm calling this one identification. Identification. He says, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Then the next line, I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but holy. W-H-O-L-L-Y fully, completely trust in Jesus' name. How do I receive that redemption so that I have that hope? I have to identify with Jesus Christ. Think of it this way. The word identification has a meaning to be connected with someone or something to link one thing to another. And this came to me this morning. I trust it's of the Lord. I'm doing some home renovations and I was sitting in the kitchen and looking at some unfinished projects and there's the electric outlet. Two of them actually on a lengthy wall with a door in between. I was thinking, wow. Connected. There is electricity that is in each and every one of our houses, I trust, I hope. I know my grandmother would say, she remembers the day when there wasn't. But that electricity is contained. Now you have appliances and devices that need that electricity. How do you get that electricity? You plug it in. 
you make the connection. And once it's connected, the electricity flows and things work the way they are supposed to. We need to connect with Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. Very familiar passage to many. I've apparently misplaced one of my notes. It says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the Scripture says, continuing into verse 11, anyone who trusts in Him will never be put to shame. We have to identify with the Lord Jesus Christ, recognizing what He has done for us. Yes, Lord, I recognize that You died in my place, that You redeemed me. I want that redemption, Lord. I believe in my heart. And we hear that and you think of that beating heart, right? The the Scriptures when you read heart really deals more with, with, with just your gut, your inside. It's kind of who you are, so to speak. We've got to believe and confess with our mouth to receive that redemption. And he said, I will wholly trust in Jesus' name. It's the end of that line in that song. See, redemption comes no place else. John chapter 14 and verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Those are the words of the Lord Jesus Himself. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12 tells us that salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5 tells us that there is just one mediator between God and man, and it is the man, Jesus Christ. Our faith and trust must be in Him. I'm going backwards in the song. Because what was the first part of that second line? He said, I dare not trust the sweetest frame. We've hit the but holy lean on Jesus' name. Let's go backwards. If anyone tells you that it's anything other than the Lord Jesus Christ, don't trust them. Don't believe them. Galatians chapter 1, verses 7 through 9, Paul is writing to the believers in Galatia, and there were those who had come in and were teaching falsely and were confusing the believers, and, and many were saying, I, I, I don't know what to believe. And Paul writes to them and he says, I'm astonished that you were so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really not a gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. Verse 8, But if even we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. 
Paul's words are strong, and guess what? They get stronger because he repeats it in verse 9. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. Salvation comes through Jesus Christ and Him alone. So quickly, what was that message that was being presented by Paul? What was that gospel 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 3, Paul wrote, For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. Number one, numero uno. Get this down. What was it? That Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Those Scriptures would have been the Old Testament Scriptures that they would have had at that time. Remember, the, the New Testament is all being written at this time. Go back and look through the prophets. Go back and look through the books of history and you can see the message of the coming Messiah. So he says, I received and passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, and that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. That's the Gospel message. Why did Jesus do that? He paid that price that we could not pay. So our hope comes through redemption. Our redemption through our identity as a follower of Jesus Christ. Now what's that mean for my life? What's the last line? Really, it's the chorus of this song. We missed it in Cornerstone. That's the part that always throws me off. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. That comes directly from the book of Matthew, <clears throat> chapter 7, the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Verses 24 through 27, Jesus speaking says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose up, the winds blew and beat against the house and the house fell with a great crash. You see, we have our hope and our redemption and our identity through the Lord Jesus Christ. That now gives us this firm foundation that we can stand on as we follow after Jesus. As we follow His teachings, as we read His Word, as we gather together to encourage one another. In fact, all of those things are very important. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 11 through 12, talks about that foundation. Verse 11 says, For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Christ Jesus. And then adds, If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, His work will be shown for what it is. 
because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. I appreciate Patrick and the class this morning and talking about this very subject through Ephesians of how we need teachers, pastors, and elders, and those who can help to equip us as a body of believers so that we grow mature in the Lord. And as we grow mature, we take that message out to the community and the world around us that we might tell others and that they might know and that we might encourage them to continue to grow in the Lord. Those are the works that are being built on the foundation of our faith and our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And those are the ones that will last. I hadn't thought about this before, but I recently heard a pastor speaking on this particular subject. And he brought up those things where it says, if any man builds on this foundation using... And then it gives a list. And this is more of a metaphor than it is something specific because we don't build... We're not talking about a building here. Okay, We're not talking about the, the bricks and the, the wood and the mortar and the things that are, are here in the building that we're in. He's talking about growing in Jesus Christ as a church, as a body, as an individual within that body. So what's he mean? What's he talking about? Gold, silver, costly stones. The pastor brought up, if you put those three things into a refiner's fire, what happens? They come out better than how they went in. Gold and silver and those precious stones, they're refined in that fire. The impurities are melted and burned away. And on the other side, you get pure gold, pure silver, pure whatever that precious stone may be. But what happens if you put wood, hay, or straw in a fire? <sighs> Gone. Consumed. Up in smoke. As we live our lives on the foundation of Jesus Christ, let us do it in a manner that we know the work that we are doing is going through that refiner's fire. Let us not try to build it with the things that in this world really do nothing more than distract, like we talked about earlier. We mentioned that world that is hopeless and they try to fill that hopelessness or come up with some kind of hope in so many different ways, we as believers, even with our hope in Christ, can still get distracted by those things. And in the end, they burn up like wood, hay, straw. But as we pour ourselves into people, as we pour ourselves into the Lord, reading, praying, studying, coming together like this, we talked about it again this morning. We deal in relationships all the time. What's the most important relationship? Think of the cross. Vertical. If I get my relationship right with the Lord, and I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing to follow after Him, horizontal. He'll take care of these relationships. These relationships become much easier. That's the foundation that we are building on. And we need to build in one another so that in the end we can hear Him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. So, I close today. 
Asking, where do you stand? Are you on sinking sand? Or are you on the solid rock of Jesus? Do you have the hope that comes through redemption? That comes through a personal relationship with Jesus? If not, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. We looked at the Scripture earlier in Romans. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, inviting Jesus into your life. If you have done that, build on that foundation. Reading, praying, coming together to worship, encouraging one another to grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus. And then sharing what God is doing in your life with others that they too may know.